Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this interview podcast. I'm your host, Cinex Realized. And today we actually have our very first uh, repeat guest. He was on our very first episode. He is a variety streamer who recently has had immense growth on Twitch through, through playing Pokemon Kazo Ironmon by attaining Twitch partner as well as being a founder of Epilogue Gaming. We have Benjamin Ten. Hi, Sin. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I was running out of guests, so I panicked. <laughs> I, I'm the perpetual backup option. Oh yes, of course. It's, it's, yeah. an, it's an easy uh, option. Yeah. So how have you been? Uh, I've been good. Um, busy. I so I'm a second year PhD student. I don't remember where I was when I um when you first interviewed me. Um, I was probably either just starting my program or like pretty close. And so I'm in my second year doing my my PhD program, and I I basically stream full time. So I have essentially two full time jobs going on at the same time, um, which you know is always a lot. But uh, keeping busy has been good. So uh, doing pretty well, all things considered. That's always good. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I think you were maybe like just about to start the PhD or something. It, all I know is that it was when you were looking after that stray cut before you moved. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a couple of years ago. So yeah, something like two years ago ish, give or take, mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. Yes, somebody else has started taking care of the cat now. So oh, so just yeah, an I, update to everyone. Yeah. yeah. So so you actually got found someone that's uh, able to look after them. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing was, I I was feeding I was feeding the cat for I think it was over like a year and a half. And then I started when I when I started feeding it, I'd occasionally see the cat eating food from someone else. So like when I'd walk up to come feed it, it was already eating food from someone else. And I was like, oh, okay. So like someone else is feeding you. So I kept going for a couple of weeks just to make sure it was there. And then I got a chance to talk to the person who was feeding the cat and they're like, Oh yeah, like I love this cat. I I'm happy to take care of them. I'll be here for a couple of years. So it was a I, I I visited her a couple of times, but um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen much of the the stray cat. Yeah, at, at least you know that it's being at least taken care of, and that's the honestly the main thing that matters at that point. Yeah, yeah, the only thing that really matters at the end of the day. Exactly, because you gotta make sure the animals are fed, even when it's not necessarily yours. Yeah, yeah, I love that cat. I love that cat. Did, did you did you ever like give it like a name like in the back of your head? Yeah, Shadow. <laughs> Shadow. It would follow me all over the place. Yeah, like no matter <laughs> where I walked, I'd like get into my car. I, a couple of times, like I'd offer, like I'd leave the door open. I was like, "Do you want to just come home with me?" But the cat would just sit right there outside, and I wasn't like gonna force it to come, you know, come with me. It was an outdoor cat. Like I saw that thing chase down bugs, <laughs> climb up trees. Like it wanted to be outside, but. um yeah, I would like if I was over in that area, it would follow me anywhere I went. So, yeah, I I I have always like contemplated like letting my cat uh, Lemon go aside, but at the same time, I'm mm-hmm. super anxious about something happening to him and then just not seeing him ever again, and that stresses me out all on its own. I've heard, I don't know how accurate this is, but I've heard that for cats, like if they're outdoor cats, they tend to like to stay outdoor cats and if they're indoor cats it, they tend to like to stay indoor cats so yeah i think it's usually best to stick with one or the other but i don't know for sure yeah i 
like like for the most part we just like keep him inside he normally just like stays like sitting at like the door anyways yeah um, or or we actually have like a little like ledge that that like leads to like our basement and stuff and he and he'll just like sit perched up on that just looking out the window is kind of funny cute but, but sometimes um kate actually will like take him outside and just like plop him in the snow for fun see see what he does how does he react to that uh he gets very concerned and doesn't know what to do <laughs> but when but when he's in grass but when he's in grass he just like slithers along kind of very slowly part snake yeah pretty much snakes are my least favorite animal <laughs> i don't know why i just have this really i guess it's probably not weird to like have a complete fear of snakes like there no i feel like that's pretty that's pretty normal yeah like there's a um there's one time kay and i were going on a uh, a walk or whatever and just a little garter snake walk started to slither by i turned around and started walking back home yeah so you're you're basically like indiana jones i i guess i've never actually seen it in indiana jones movie i uh, he, he hates snakes so uh, but he's brave in all other facets just like you right <laughs> <laughs> that is cap and a half if i've ever heard it <laughs> so anyway i guess we should get back to you instead of me because this isn't about me um i i know that we that we have talked like a lot about like your your twitch uh partnership and and all that other stuff which which once again congratulations on that it's been like what like I almost a month now ish something like yeah. that yeah i think so for some reason it feels like it's been longer but yeah but but the crazy part is that you're um like the time that you're pending for the application was a lot shorter than the current time frame that, that you've been a partner which most people it takes like this long to even get anything back yeah yeah so i i guess my experience was pretty unusual but i mean there was a variety of of reasons for that i imagine like you know i've i've been streaming for such a long time so for those who don't know i think uh i've been doing some form of streaming now for about seven years like you and i met seven years ago i think um yeah, give or take like so um no i hadn't been like streaming consistently over that whole period but for the most part, like I've been on Twitch for a long time. My channel has like immense amount of, of data for them to say like, okay, we like this person or we don't like this person. Um, I had reached numbers that were pretty close before. It was just something that I hadn't decided that I wanted until recently. So I think like, you know, for a lot of people, they've been streaming for like a year or two years. And so Twitch, I think probably looks at that and says, all right, well, like now that we know you want to be a partner, let's give you a little time to make sure like we'll we'll watch your channel how is it going to grow um and we'll wait for a month or two um but for mine like there was just already so much like i've been doing this for so long i i'm sure they looked at it and they were like okay well <laughs> he's been he's been doing this for such a long time um how could things go bad if we if we accepted him so yeah my i think my process was just a lot faster it was all in all about 24 business hours before i i had heard back which was very fast so I feel fortunate. Yeah, that, that that's something that like me and like a handful of people in the community has like talked about is like how stupidly fast it was. Just just because everyone else we hear we hear about like like the fact that you also got on like your first attempt, your first attempt as well. Yeah. Al along with it being such a short period, 
like everyone that I talked to was like, what happened? What did he do? <laughs> I paid him off. <laughs> Must have. Yeah. Just, just, just send him. You signed a contract that that, that lets him have 75% of your uh, Twitch sub cut. Yeah, exactly. I decreased my cut. Yeah. There you go. Oh. That That's one thing to help keep him afloat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that I, I think just generally speaking, like it's kind of a bad example. I, I've talked about this before, but I think my path in general is not like the best one for for most content creators to take in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean, you know this, but I've pretty much grown my entire platform on Twitch. Like I haven't utilized YouTube. I haven't utilized TikTok. Um, I I would say that mostly the way to grow on Twitch is not the way that I did it, right? So, like, the the present way to, to go about all of this was the not the way that I went about it. Um, but I think that's part of what also made the application process so easy. Like, I, I my whole platform was on here. They didn't have to look anywhere else. Like, um, I, I imagine that's why it went, it went quicker. And there are other things, too. Like, there's an essay portion of this. I don't know how much twitch talks about it or how much they ask people to not talk about it but when i was applying there was a there's an essay portion um and you know they're also privy to like how many followers you have how many subscribers you have like how much money are you bringing them in so i think it, it it's probably situated it's like case by case um where they look at certain folks and they they think okay like it'd be it'd be best for us to wait a month um, I'm sure you know this thing, but like a lot of people do like partner pushes and stuff like that, that sort of alleviates um, some of the pressure that these channels have uh, in terms of like numbers for a month or two. And then they come back down uh, after that month or two. So I think Twitch just wants to avoid stuff like that from happening with channels. They don't want to partner a channel and then it just like break down immediately after, um, which happens. So yeah, that's the only reason that I can think of. Either that or whoever reviewed my application was just like way on top of their job and I got lucky. I That's very possible too. I'm not sure. Yeah, it honestly could just go either way. And it's and it's funny that you mentioned like the TikTok and YouTube stuff because I'm pretty sure like, like I've been like editing your shorts for however many months at this point, at least three months. And you, yeah. and you pretty much decided to start uploading to TikTok but only TikTok, not not the YouTube side yet. That'll yeah. be sometime, maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, but but like I'm pretty sure you you started that like pretty much when you got partnered, which is yeah, which is pretty even much funnier. Yeah, I think the same week. So I had a plan. Like you know, I had I had been waiting for a time where, um, like pretty much ever since I, I started streaming, I guess, um, where if I was going to do the partnership thing and I never wanted to like care too much about it. Cause it honestly, at least at the time, like the differences between affiliate and partner, it just didn't make much of a difference. So I didn't care too much. Um, and so I told myself, like, if I was ever going to do it, then I was going to make sure that when I did it, I had like a plan in place. And part of my plan was, like if I was going to apply, I'd have all my VODs ready to be looked at. Like I wanted to make sure that there was no DMCA stuff. Um, I wanted to make sure that like my social media stuff was in order. So because everybody had told me that it takes anywhere from like a month to four months to get uh, for them to hear back. I was like, all right, I'll start uploading and and taking care of my socials and like taking care of my VODs 
while I apply and while they're looking at it for those month that month or two, like I'll be uploading stuff regularly. And then I heard back by the time like my second TikTok had hit. So it just worked out, you know, where I really didn't need to go through all of that, I guess. Yeah, you went through all those yeah. extra steps just for nothing at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, I mean, the good news is like all all that stuff is is really good to have um, now, right? Like it's not, I think the biggest thing about, about partner and like, you know, affiliates go through this too when they start streaming is everybody is so goal oriented. So you hit like affiliate and then it's like, okay, now I can just sort of, uh, now I can do things however I want. Like I don't have to put in effort or maybe it's partner and you hit partner and then it's like, okay, well now I don't have to put all this effort in. But for me, the big thing was if I, if I hit partner, I wanted to make sure that I wanted to keep streaming like, um, and, and having success on the platform. So it worked out really well for me because the only real way to have success on this platform is by having success on other platforms. So like, I still want to do that. Um, and that's part of why, you know, I've started to push my content to like other platforms as well. Uh, so it works out in that sense, because for me, like I don't it, it might seem like, oh, like I've done that. I've hit the end goal. Like now I don't have to worry about anything. But I didn't really care about the partner thing in the first place. I cared about um, I guess the only thing I really ever cared about was getting a chance to to share what I do with other people. And now the best way to do that in a lot of respects is by using other platforms. So. I'm still happy that I'm doing it, but it is funny the way that it worked out. Yeah, I've also, and one thing that I have noticed with you is like you, you have always been like super like community based, like with whatever game you're playing, you start building like more viewership with, with like whatever community you're in. And then some of those people like trickle along for like the rest of your game swaps that you do, whatever it is, whether yeah. it's Mario Kart, Dark Souls, or right now Kaizo yeah um and and then especially since every year you have your like epilogue gaming awards thing that you do as well which i believe when this goes up it'll already be done it's literally the weekend of this recording pretty much yeah 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 that's on sunday so um i think yeah when it comes to you know viewers trickling along from like each each game that I play and like each community I become a part of. I talked a little bit about this on Twitter, but I think the only way to make that function on Twitch, uh, and I'd argue it's a really good thing to do if you can, or if you feel like you have the stamina for it, uh, is to build a community slowly over time and not rely totally on one game or like uh, one genre even. Like that, that can be really hard in terms of like, burnout and um the sustainability of your stream so i got really lucky where you know i i over time kept gaining more and more regulars to my stream so mm -hmm. there are people at this point in my stream i would say like anywhere between 75 and 100 who i'll see almost like 90 percent of my streams right who will pop in they'll at least say hi like hope you're doing well um maybe 90 percent is high but uh, uh, pretty where i'll like so most streams i'll see the same people pop in and say hi and they'll either hang out for the whole thing or they'll hang out for part of it um and so that makes it really easy because then whenever i wanted to switch games or i wanted to do something different i still had a base to go from 
Um, and one thing I've noticed, like, especially in like, you know, I'm doing Kaizo now, which is like a challenge run community. Um, I've noticed that for me on days where like maybe there's like I ate your pie. I think you know who he is in. Um, um, I've only heard the name for me, but I, honestly, I've yeah. never taken a look at them. So he's he was the one who came up with the, the Kaizo challenge, but he's also like one of the bigger variety streamers on Twitch. Um, so he usually gets anywhere between like 2000 and 5000 viewers. And so he's often in the same directory as me. And when he's streaming, there are going to be less people in my my chat. Right. Like just generally speaking, I'm no longer like the top person in the, the directory or like sometimes I'm third or fourth or whatever. Um, but the thing for me is that I'm really lucky because my regulars are going to show up no matter what. And it doesn't matter if somebody bigger than me is streaming or whatever. Um, but for other people in the in the same community, oftentimes if they are streaming at a time where someone larger than them is going live, like those numbers dip and it becomes less consistent. So that's, I, you know, again, I, I don't think that most people can do that on this platform. Like, I don't think people have the time to to switch between communities and like, gather new regulars over the course of like five years like i did like no nobody has time for that um but i did and so it worked out pretty well for me um where everything kind of just was able to click because i had those sustainable numbers right over time so um yeah that that i've found to be really helpful yeah i also i also think that um especially since you have like that like tight-knit community like like you said like 60 to 70 people like just consistently always showing up it yeah. doesn't matter like what game you play it will put you like drastically higher up in in like the twitch directory as well which does yeah. end up helping in the long run as well because because yeah. i because i think like especially when it came to like kaza you like started that at like what was it like 30 40 viewers give or take that's yeah that honestly was about where i would start most whenever i'd switch games that's about where i was right and then it would like grow and then i'd switch and then i'd grow and i'd switch um and then this is the one that i just kind of stuck out uh, for a little bit longer so um yeah i would say that that's pretty accurate 30 or 40 yeah yeah are, are you starting to feel any sort of like burnout from doing the kaizo so much now because mm -hmm. I, I know that you've been doing it for I think you were saying like before like six months i know it's been at least three yeah like uh probably anywhere between four and six at this point um i really like challenges like you've known me like since i i all every game that i've ever played is tends to have some sort of like challenge attached to it so not really but also uh at this point, like, I feel comfortable that I can do pretty much whatever I want. I think the other day I swapped over to Mario Kart and like this isn't always going to be the case. And I'm aware of this, like, you know, and also I'm I'm lucky because I don't I have other like uh, career options and stuff. And I do this still mostly as a hobby, although it's obviously more than that at this point. It's in some weird gray area in between. But that's beside the point. Like I I swapped over to I, I was playing Mario Kart the other day and like of course the new courses and stuff had come out. I think you were over hanging out that day too, but you know, almost everybody was still like, I still had like a hundred people there. It didn't matter. Like I got more followers playing Mario Kart than I did, um, than I normally would playing Pokemon. It's so it's not going to be like that with every game. Like it, that's, that's 
okay i'm i'm aware of that but also i think that like for me i i have the ability to do variety um because of my personality and the kind of streams that i have and so it's more that i'm not burnt out from kaizo and like i do it because that's what i want to be doing but i am also aware that whenever i stop doing it there will be like a series of challenges that i have to go through um if i want to keep growing my stream um so it's it is about balancing that and i think that's the next big thing for me is people on twitch have a really hard time figuring out how to make variety work for their streams and their communities and like still being able to do it in a way that's um, manageable or sustainable in the long term and i think that's what i want to do next is like really figure out how can i make variety work um now that i have this platform like now that i've gotten the twitch partner and and all of that like how can i become a variety streamer and make sure that i can do whatever i want without having to worry like okay am i still going to have a community to to support me mm. i i think like what i have heard anyways for like some strat is like uh a bunch of people who have been like just chatting streamers for the most part who end up go switching to like variety stuff it makes it a bit more easier because they're still pretty much chatting with the chat for the most part it's pretty much just mm -hmm. having a game along with it at that point so yeah. i know so i know that's definitely been a strat for um for being able to stay variety without being locked into a um one like specific game or anything mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know i think it's a really good question and i don't think anybody really has the has the answer for like how can you if you if you grew your stream doing one thing or even multiple things like like I did, then how do you transform to a place where, you know, say like the new Zelda game comes out and you just want to play that and that's what you want to do? Um, I think there there needs to be like a couple of things that you do sort of unabashedly. And one of those is you have to be OK with losing some of your viewers like no matter what i can i can be the most inter interactive streamer on the planet but uh, there are still going to be a contingent of people who are only watching me for the game that i'm playing and that number is going to grow the longer i stay in that community so like the more i stream kaizo the more people who are going to be there just to watch kaizo and if i know that and i still go stream whatever i'm doing you know like say i wanted to play uh, zelda or i want to play resident evil and I know I'm going to lose viewers because of that. I can at least process that information in a way that's like reasonable. And I keep my expectations in a place where uh, I can still find ways for my channel to grow, despite maybe the numbers looking smaller or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think that's really the place that like I want to be in where it's it, it just having reasonable expectations about the difference between, you know, like game hopping or like genre hopping and also still understanding that uh i i feel like i as a streamer i as like a content creator have the ability to um maintain a community through those transitions so i think that's really the big thing and a lot of people sort of lose that sense of confidence when they they lose some viewership um like I, I think anybody would say that like even smaller streamers i think when they go from having like you know 10 viewers to maybe one day they have five or something like that or you know somebody with five viewers goes down to like one or two one day um 
I think the big thing, and like this is something that I would really, uh, you know, like I've known about my channel. I've been doing this for so long. Um, where I I had days where you know I was averaging fifteen to twenty, and then one day I would just be like six people would show up, and you you can only take that as like a small data point. You can't make that whole day the entire worth of your stream, right? Um, and so I think that's the best way to process variety streaming is that it's like just another data point in the marathon. That if this is what you like to do, you're you know you're gonna be here from six six months from now, regardless of how tomorrow goes or the day after goes, and so that's how I I'm processing it right now is like okay, well I've done this, like I've hit the top of the proverbial Twitch mountain, um, at least you know from where I'll ever like I'm yeah, I'm never gonna be bigger than essentially you know what whatever it is that I am now, and. I have to just be okay with that. Like I do this now because I love it. I've hit a lot of my goals. And so now it's, it's, it's just all about trying to enjoy myself and continue to like share what I do with other people. So I'm excited to keep doing that at least. Yeah. I, I think I, I remember like when you were like being like super variety and you had that like stint of uh, Skyrim and you, you're just getting follows upon follows because I think there was like, at the time, if you set up a Twitch account through like mobile, it was like automatically following you to like a bunch of like random channels in whatever yeah. category. And I, yeah. and I think I think you got hit with that. You gained like what was it, like a couple hundred. It it just didn't stop. At least, <laughs> at least, yeah. I I think uh you know at this point in my stream I'm up at about five thousand four hundred, five thousand five hundred or whatever, and like I got like a thousand of them from that, from that small chunk of time i played skyrim and then fallout after and it was all because of that you know like part of it had to do with the twitch thing part of it had to do with the circumstance nobody else like skyrim is a popular game nobody else was playing it um i like i hope i'm not going too far off on a tangent here sin but one thing that i'd like really talk about now that i've hit this point is how much luck plays into all of this mm -hmm. um and i've gotten a chance to like see over time um how how luck factors into like twitch growth and stuff like that and so for the skyrim experience specifically skyrim is one of the more sought after single player directories it, it especially was three years ago you know when that was happening um it's even still now but nobody was it just so happened i was playing at a time where nobody else was playing the game so everybody who was looking for skyrim the first person that they were going to see was me um then with kaizo I happened to start Kaizo right when two of the biggest Kaizo streamers decided to take a break. So all these people looking for Kaizo's content now found my channel. Um, and I was streaming almost at the exact same time as they were. And that wasn't planned or anything. It was luck. Like, I didn't scout that out. It just so happened um, that that was the case. And so how you react to that luck is obviously a big part of, like, whether or not you're going to be able to grow um finding those moments and saying like oh wow i have an opportunity here and then pursuing that opportunity is the difference i think um between you know folks who have success over a long period of time or not mm -hmm. um so but yeah like luck plays such a big role in all of this and that's exactly right like that's why i love that's why i'll vouch for like doing variety until i you know stop doing this because if I wasn't doing variety, I never would have popped into the Kaizo stuff. I would have still been playing Fortnite or I would have still been playing 
Smash Bros or Mario Kart or whatever it is, like the many phases of my life that I, you know, streaming career that I've had, I wouldn't have found this. And this is what led to my next step up in success, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's why I vouch for it. I know a lot of people say like the best way to do it is to just settle into like a specific community and maybe that's accurate but for me this was the best way to go about it so i'm glad it worked out this way yeah i i feel like if you're just wanting like large viewership sticking with a genre or game probably is better but if you're wanting Mm -hmm. like the uh the community longevity part of it like variety would work in that case um it's just getting those like initial people to stick around is the hardest part when you're doing variety rather than just doing one single game the whole time because like yeah because like you you were you were like pretty much hard stuck at like 10 to 20 viewers like for the longest time yeah two years yeah 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 so i mean that 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 happens right and i of course i exercised a great deal of patience in which i would normally advise people just like if your goal is to stream and to see if you have what it takes to like make it i wouldn't advise waiting five years like i did um i did it because i i had no like you i think even the last time we talked about this like i anybody who's ever watched me knows that this was not one of my my primary goals until it was like i didn't i didn't care a whole lot about it like i was doing this because I really liked the sense of community I got from from streaming. So um, is it like the best way to to is what I did the best way to to grow your stream? There's zero chance, but it was the best way for me. And I do think that there is value, like you said, in like that sense of community building. Like it it made it so that even though I wasn't a Twitch partner, like I had more subs than most Twitch partners and um i had a more active discord than most partners and like i had a better community than a lot of partners um or at least from my perspective you like i you know i i had people who i had established real relationships with um in ways that benefited me not just my career but like you know my my personal life so it it really does depend um but this was certainly worked for me and i'm like I said, you know, I'm really glad that it worked out the way that it did. Yeah, everything like after all this time did end up falling correctly for you, which of course is part of that luck factor that you mentioned. Yeah. Um what there was one thing I did want to uh mention since before I was talking about how uh Twitch's mobile or whatever it is that that like follow spike that, that you had. Um it it kind of leads me into the question of what what do you hope to see um or what what do you think uh the the climate the climate of a uh, live stream will be in like the next like year or two do you think it'll be like drastically like less gaming do you think people will mm-hmm. will platform jump yeah that's a really good question um so i think twitch has leaned more into understanding that they they can't crack the code which makes sense like discovery we've talked about discovery before personally i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but like discovery is really difficult for social media platforms to to establish and find success in. like tiktok is the outlier it's not youtube is the outlier um so many platforms have tried and failed to 
uh, established content creators through their platform, right? Like, it's just not very often that this happens. And Twitch has tried, to their credit, like, they've tried to make it to make it work, and they haven't found a whole lot of success. So what that means is that Twitch probably needed to stop being so stubborn and accept the fact that other people were growing through the platforms like TikTok and YouTube. And I think even recently they they've started to make it easier so that like when you're um, they've helped support programs where you're like in OBS, you're able to cut footage a lot easier for TikToks and shorts and stuff like that. Um, so I think they're leaning into that a little bit. Um, you know, in terms of like jumping platforms, I've said this before, but I think like there's the the streaming world is still ripe for a, a competitor to Twitch like it. It feels like it's overdue. Um, I still think it'll probably be YouTube. I just think maybe it's not happening as fast as people thought maybe it would. Um, so I think there's that. But in terms of the long term outlook of Twitch, I think there is this predominant. Uh, I don't want to call it a streaming meta, but like there's a predominant effect going on right now where the era of like the Let's Play is dying. And I think anybody who watches this closely um, and has watched content creation closely no notices that like the era of of that kind of like I'm going to play a game I'm going to walk through it I'm going to talk through it is not what it used to be um, people aren't looking for it in the same way that they used to be um, or that they used to and so I I do think I have this fear because I really like playing games with people um that you know a year or two from now it, already the biggest content creators are not game players like for the most part like maybe they'll play but if you're looking even at like the streaming awards like how many of those big time streamers were predominantly like game players mostly they were like content like reaction streamers or um even if it was like more like a, a podcast format um or like i i don't know what you would call these but like event streamers sin like mm -hmm. people who plan big things for their channel and then explode through like viral content i think is is really popular yeah the people like germa um mm -hmm. ebay i think and yeah. and recently ludwig's been doing it a lot more yeah right so like i th i think that that that's at the tip top of switch and it probably always will be um at this point so if the question is like do i think that it twitch will be like predominantly game oriented in two or three years i think probably not and i also think there's this whole elephant in the room of like the copyright uh the copyright issues that that twitch has been going through whether it's music eventually it may be the case where games just don't want people i you know this is a shaky issue but is there ever going to come a time where you know uh, it won't happen with something like fortnite but like where bigger single player games just don't want you streaming their content on any platform um that's possible right so Stuff like that scares me a little bit because that's what I enjoy doing on Twitch. But I also think that there is a reality to the fact that, you know, two or three years from now. The whole landscape is probably going to look different and you have to be ready for for whatever that landscape is if you want to keep doing this. So. Yeah, like I, I've noticed, like 
especially over like the last couple years just touching on your whole like you mentioning that the let's play format is dying i feel like that Mm -hmm. that 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 format's practically been more or less shot in shot out out back like probably like a couple years ago like even like pre-covid it was i I I was noticing that it was on a massive decline because at the time when I was doing um like Pokemon like randomizer content um I think I was uploading like I I realized it when I uploaded my um Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Let's Play like I I pretty much I I believe I stopped like just uploading that because I noticed viewership for just straight up Let's Play walkthrough content has been just pretty much dead. It, yeah. it like it all comes down to now like heavily like especially for like the YouTube side like YouTube is more like highlights of like a game that's being played or something like that uh tips and tricks obviously I don't think those are ever going to go away for the YouTube side anyways yeah um but like every especially with how people's minds are since like TikTok is like super short form and stuff like you have to be like go 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 for for streams and i think that's definitely where the uh direction is going is going to more like high intensity shorter streams is kind of my guess yeah though i think that's that's a really good way of looking at it is like shorter high intensity streams that can be planned out for for months in advance right mm-hmm. and then there's the the sort of polar opposite which are like subathons and things like that that they're just like perpetually there um i don't know i think it's some yeah some weird blend of those two things um but like at the same time i think that there's always going to be there's always going to be sort of this backbone of people who want the so i you know like one of the things i study is a concept called third place which is the idea that uh, we all have places we like to go that are away from home, away from work. So whatever are that third places, um, we all have something like that. And so for a lot of us, it's Twitch or like some other digital atmosphere like Discord or whatever, YouTube, um, where you can interact with other people. But the thing that all third places have in common is that they have some sort of local backdrop for us to uh, share together. And so for me, that's always been video games, right? Like, so when I'm on Twitch, the the shared understanding is the thing I'm playing on the screen or the thing uh, that the streamer I'm watching is on the screen, is playing on the screen, right? So that's the shared backdrop. And I do think that there's danger in losing those, those shared backdrops um, where the reason people are communing together is because of this game. And then through that game, they they have real interactions right mm-hmm. um so i think that there's like danger in terms of the sociability of something like you know what like a germa or ludwig does where it's different it's it's like a form of live content that that feels more like a concert than it does uh you know friends getting together at like a, a coffee shop or a bar or something like that um so you know, when you're looking at that landscape of, of streaming, it's like, yeah, the the best way to to become popular might be in those like concert esque atmospheres. But also there's this like the things that I do and the things that a lot of the streamers that I like do. Um, 
and those are important too so it'll be really interesting to watch twitch balance those two things because i think that they still need the people who want to interact in those environments with like the shared backdrop but there's also going to be the the rising majority of people who are there for those bigger events those concert-esque events right mm -hmm. um so watching them balance that is going to be really interesting yeah i've heard um ludwig at least talk about it because i because i follow him relatively closely um i know that that he's mentioned for like streaming wise like depending on the platform might might depend on like for for like the event because he was saying that he feels YouTube is better for event sort of stuff, cause mm -hmm. like cause like I guess they like have like higher quality and all that and all that other stuff, and then there's the um, and then Twitch has like has like kind of like weirdish encoding I guess, so it, so it could like end up affecting it at least a little bit, like yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's been a while since I heard it heard about it, but I was like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that makes total sense to me. Um, and I do, you know, like I said, I think that there's I think that Twitch is honestly really, really good at funneling people toward already popular things. So that's why Twitch has been able to stay on top, right? Because they're really good at keeping those content creators that bring in a lot of people happy and making it easy for people who are looking for that kind of thing to find that sort of thing. Um, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not Twitch feels like it needs to sustain some sort of content creator farm in which they can help produce new people who want to do this. Because like, no matter who it is, whether it's like, you know, it's Ludwig or it's Ninja or whoever the top content creator might be at the time, um they aren't going to stay that way forever and so you need new faces you need new people and twitch isn't so good at doing that um so it'll be interesting to see if there ever is competition because i i guess that whoever uh you know that competition is 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 quite a bit better in terms of being able to find and develop those new content creators in a way that twitch cannot so we'll see yeah, um, I believe there was a um an interview with um Emmett Shear. For anyone who doesn't know, he essentially runs Twitch in a nutshell, CEO or something like that. Um, and from what he said is is he feels that that Twitch is more of like a service than an actual like platform, and people should be branching out to like other ones and not putting it all on Twitch, which I found really interesting to hear, especially, especially from someone so high up at, like himself. Yeah. I mean, so they, they have to say that at this point because everybody already knows it, you know, yeah. I think it took them a long time um, to acknowledge that. So hopefully that doesn't mean that they're throwing in the towel, but it does in some sense sort of feel like they're throwing in the towel. They're like, Hey, if you're not popular on here, the only way you're going to get popular on here is if you go somewhere else. And that's difficult, but you know, I've also been like, so I, before I started streaming, I was in uh, like the games journalism space and I was never like a big creator on there. Like I was still early on in my career. Uh, and 
one thing that I've noticed a lot is that people who I was working with and who have gotten like followings on Twitter or IGN or wherever they got that following then can shift pretty easily over to IG, uh, to, to Twitch and find a following there, right? Which makes sense. Um, it's it, I think Twitch just has relied on that sort of transitive property because they know that their platform is is a lot easier and more sustainable for a lot of content creators than say something like Patreon or, um, you know, even you see you see right now in the games journalism space, like people are having a hard time holding on to jobs. So Twitch offers this alternative where it's like, hey, well, you know, if you're tired of doing this thing where, you know, you're gaining all these followers on Twitter and you can't do anything about it monetarily. Well, let me show you this platform where, you know, someone like me has 5000 followers and arguably um, could do this for work. So Twitch is pretty good at that, right? They're they're pretty good at that. They're pretty good at saying like, hey, we know you grew your platform elsewhere. Now, like, take it over to us because we can we can offer you something that those platforms can't. Um, so it's a weird mixed bag. Twitch is really good um, at helping people with with audiences sustain those audiences into like strong. Um, uh, I, I guess like uh, if you're if you're looking for a way to for your platform to be economically sustainable, Twitch isn't the worst way. Um, it might it might be better. It's certainly better than like Twitter. I think it's still better than TikTok. You probably know more about that than I do. Um, but like there's only so many ways you can create revenue on a lot of other social media sites. And Twitch has like figured out great ways to monetize what it has, which is through subscribers and, and bits and like, uh, you know, sponsorships and things like that, that that are harder to get through other platforms. So, yeah. The the only like platform that I that I could probably maybe argue has has better like monetization tools and whatnot would be YouTube personally just because they're like they have their ad ad revenue stuff like pretty much on log like yeah like like as soon as you are in the YouTube partnership program you can make like a pretty good chunk of money because like I, I was talking with um. My buddy Wilson, the Game Guild, um, because I believe he's still a YouTube partner, and he, and, and he got it from like one of his videos, like fi finally just like taking off out of sheer luck. Mm. Once again, the luck thing coming into play for content creation, and right. um, and he still like get he still gets like a paycheck like every I I don't know how often he does, but but he does get paid from. From YouTube and stuff for um even though he hasn't really been uploading really anything too much recently as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's the other thing too, is like Twitch hasn't figured out the ad space yet. They're trying to. It's been really interesting because I'm you know, I just got partnered this last month and they're currently transitioning between this like uh monthly advertising revenue guarantee to more of like what they're calling flexible but really is just less reliable um source of ad revenue and it's been really interesting for me because my first month i i i got an offer that was like here if you do this much advertising on your channel we can guarantee you this amount of of money and then the next month which has been this month it's it's just nothing like it's it's just here if you use this amount of like 
ads during your stream, we can estimate it would result in about this much money. Um, and I haven't even like dove into all of that, but it's really interesting because you can see like they're trying really hard to figure out a way to make this work for their platform. Um, and just judging by other people's reactions who have been doing this a lot longer than I have, like it does not seem like this is the answer either. This more like flexible system. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think YouTube seems to have that figured out. Um, or at least people are more content with the way that the, I know that there are still people who are upset with the way that YouTube monetizes advertising and stuff, but it seems like it's in a better place than Twitch is. Yeah. I feel like, if Twitch wants to get their advertising stuff completely sorted out, they would probably have to like try to steal someone from Google, honestly, to, yeah, to get them yeah. on their team to get that sorted out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult to say what it would take exactly. Um, uh, you know, a lot of my research is in advertising, but I don't really know how well. Like, I, I don't know much about the monetization process, so mm -hmm. I. I, I guess at this point, um, you know, I, I've seen some things that I really like, Sin. Like, I saw the other day that uh, people were talking about the banners and stuff that Twitch has tried to use to replace um, advertising that interrupts the, the, the stream itself. So, like, they'll put small banners at the bottom of a Twitch stream. Oh, yeah. um, now, there are problems with that. Like, they, the uh, people have who have had it happen on their streams have complained about it, like shrinking the size of the stream and getting in the way of like important stuff. So there's all of that. But like, imagine a world where if, you know, they're going to do an advertising for the new Marvel movie on my stream and they offer me instead to just create a small banner that goes right at the bottom of my stream. I can place it wherever I want on my screen. And instead of having those ads that interrupt a new viewer experiences or even worse somebody watching my stream and something's cool happening on my stream and it gets interrupted with something that takes up the whole screen they can then see a banner that's present more often because maybe they think that you know it's less effective or whatever but it's still a different option so like that i would i really hope they continue to look for look at, into stuff like that um because that would that would be really beneficial um, as a as another option for us. So yeah, because because like a lot of the time, like the ads are like always like a big issue, especially when it comes to like the viewers as well. Because if, if they're wanting people to stay on their platform, the way that they currently have ads isn't necessarily the way to go. Is because mm -hmm. because like even people are saying like even if they give us like an option to like skip the ad or whatever something like that would be would be drastically better than how they currently have it where pretty much i've had i've had pre-rolls that were like two full one minute long ads and i just wanted to throw my head through a wall yeah and that's just i mean we you know we were talking about discoverability like can you imagine being i mean you can imagine like imagine being somebody on this platform who's trying to grow and every new experience someone has with your channel which they're taking a risk on because you don't have the same growth or trajectory as like say a ninja does mm -hmm. or something like that where it's like oh wow 10,000 people are already watching this stream it must be pretty good it's like if you were to have a mcdonald's or let's say two fast food restaurants right mm -hmm. and you were guaranteed that you were going to get the food in the same amount of time but one of them has 10,000 people in it and the other has 10. 
which one are you going to make the judgment call would be a better way to spend your time waiting? The the te- the one with 10,000, right? Because yeah. so many other people are there, it must be better than the one that that has 10. And so that in a nutshell I think is is what Twitch is dealing with right now. Um they have to find a way for people to be able to latch on to smaller streamers faster and in a way that's not so intrusive. So I know that they've also experimented a little bit with um, like these timed uh, previews, I guess, in the directory. So if you like hover over somebody's stream, you get like 60 seconds of a preview, um, which is really helpful. And that's good. But, you know, that's just the start. Yeah, um, I actually am kind of curious on your thoughts on the whole kick situation. Like, like, do you see that ever actually going anywhere or do you think it's just going to be an absolute garbage platform and with especially with with how it's currently being seen and ran as like pretty much people are watching like porn on there and pretty much it's no holds barred do whatever you want yeah yeah i mean it's it's gonna be a garbage platform i mean that's that i think goes without saying but that might be okay for them a lot of platforms are garbage and make money still um the, the you know the big like i said i have experience in in advertising and the the big thing to understand about most platforms is that they cannot be sustained without advertising that's generally the rule of thumb across the internet there are not many sites not many pro, uh platforms that are sustained without advertising and there's a reason for that um so can this platform that has a user base it has content creators can it sustain itself through advertising with you know without advertising i i think the answer long term is probably not um do i think that there's a space for this sort of like wild west content creation um i do think that it's possible for some platform to have a no holds barred like you can stream whatever you want here and we're not going to regulate you. Um, I, I I imagine that there's a space for that. Do I think the people who are running that space, you know, with when it comes to kick are the ones who are going to crack that code? No, I don't think that. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. But when it, when it comes to kick, if if you asked me my for my prediction, it would be that in a year or two, we probably won't even be talking about it. Yeah, but- because there's like so many different like competing platforms as well like that that doesn't necessarily help but i feel like the main reason kick has been getting a lot of a lot of like mention in like especially in in the streamer space is well r- right now Aiden Ross is essentially just he he's uh, moved over there cuz i believe he got permanently banned on Twitch as far as i'm aware i'm not 100% sure on that um i think so- it was labeled as an indefinite ban which is probably the same thing right yeah i believe so 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 he went over there so that's like his like i don't know how many concurrent viewers he had um and then and then train wrecks was like the biggest pusher of it um and just like mm-hmm. people and just like people who who want to do like stake gambling and whatnot as well I feel like that's been yeah. like the main thing that's been giving it the most um, exposure is like people being over there and then it somehow reaches 
everyone else. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about this with YouTube, right? Like you can only buy so many viewers essentially like that's what that's what kick did that's what youtube did you like you're essentially buying viewers and then hoping most of them come over most of the time not all of them come over so the thing with youtube is that youtube already has like a sustained reason for people to stay over there um kick is there there is always going to be a space like that and no matter where you are on on the political spectrum there's always going to be a space for people who feel like they don't want to be regulated like that's just gonna be that's a that's a, a truism of like of united states culture right so or rather maybe even north american culture at this point so i guess what i'm i'm building toward here is that yes people are there because uh a couple of the the creators that have moved over to kick are going to have a, a loyalist fan base um i just don't think that's ever sustainable like we saw that with mixer too even and like mixer was much more well organized it had people who did this as as a profession and as a career handling mixer mixer did a lot of things right and it still fell on its face and the reason that it fell on its face is because it could not find a way to properly integrate community support and and advertising support and you know we've seen twitch over the last 20 years I, how long is it justin tv was probably not 20 years ago 15 years ago maybe yeah probably i feel like it's probably somewhere around there yeah so if they have not been able to figure out a, a way to properly you know sustain themselves with advertising um i can't i can't imagine that this this new platform is going to be able to do so without it's giving less money to it's it's less money in in terms of kickback no pun intended but like um there's less money there's less there's just less money so you have you have to be able to answer that question if if i'm having a debate with you about like the sustainability of something like kick you have to tell me where's the money coming from i don't i don't know nobody knows so generally speaking when you start asking that question and if you don't have an answer uh it's not long for the world we'll see though mm -hmm. who knows what one thing that i have heard i don't know how true it is or not but supposedly stake does own a portion of uh kick and i believe that's how they're planning on trying to keep it sustained is through um is through stake stuff but as far as i'm aware that's the only way that they're actually making their money aside from like the twenty five percent sub split that they get from the right. um the subs, but but as far but like that's all that I've really heard about it. Yeah, I mean we'll see, right? Uh, that's another, I guess, another rule of thumb that I would say is like if you're if you're being supported by uh, even just one revenue stream, like good luck keeping that one revenue stream happy it's the same reason you know like uh, so i i ran a website like we've talked about epilogue gaming and like we had we have a patreon that's just to support everything that we want to do with the website and we talked about it before um because we could very easily ask people large amounts of well we could ask people for larger amounts of money 
on their own, right? So if we had uh, a, a specific patron who wanted to donate like $300, there'd probably be somebody out there who could do that. But for us, that's not super valuable. We'd much rather have a more sustained platform where like, you know, there's 150 people giving $2 um, or even 50 people giving $2 um, because that's more sustainable in the long run than one person giving 300 uh, so I don't know. That's that I'd say that about kick too is like, I don't know. I don't know the best way for them to manage through all of this with, you know, one or two revenue streams. It just never ends up going very well. Yeah. I feel like it'd be like really dicey. Like, like a lot of people's predictions are that it, that it will end up dying within like a year or two tops, which, yeah. on, which honestly is just a completely fair statement. I could like, most people can see why and and unless they do something different with it, then that's most likely what's gonna happen. It's gonna end up being a dead platform or a stake will just pull it completely. Yeah. Yep. So time will tell for sure. But um I'm not super optimistic. Yeah. I don't think too many people are. Um yeah. but we are actually an hour in, so we do have a little bit of segments here that I do want to quickly run through here. And yep. the first one we have here is the Twitter Q and a. So if you guys uh, don't know over on my Twitter account at Cynix realize I post typically close to like the start of the month when, um, once I have a guest secured and, and locked in, I put out a tweet letting you know who it is. And if you guys have comments, go ahead and leave a reply on that. So you guys want want to check me out over there at Sanx Realize. You guys want to get questions for the next one, which I actually already have locked in. Crazy enough, I'm actually prepared. Um, so the first question I have here is from at Benji Bob SSB. Uh, what are your hopes slash expectations for the new Mario movie? So to get off that Twitch topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I love this. Um. If there's one thing I love more than games, it's it's movies. Um, so this this expert combination that I've gotten recently with The Last of Us, um, obviously a TV show, and now the Mario movie looking so good. Um, my expectations are just that I'm I'm going to get that same sort of Nintendo quality uh, in in a movie format. Um, I have this sort of feeling every time I buy a new Nintendo game that there's this sort of reassurement that like I'm going to I'm going to enjoy on some level whatever it is that I get and um, I think that's shaken a little bit with the more recent Pokemon but I, everything they've shown recently about uh, you know regarding the film um, doing entire Nintendo Directs for just the 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 trailers uh, for the new the new Mario movie, it tells me that they're they're fully confident. And you know they've already put a lot of money into the new Universal sections um, for Mario World. So something tells me that they know that this is going to be a big success. Something tells me that they know that. And usually, what is uh, you know a requirement for a big success on the on the big screen is that people enjoy watching it so i'm thinking it's gonna be really good yeah yeah i i feel like the movie will probably do really really good in the box office because obviously they're gonna get all the gamers they're gonna get all the all the older gamers as well who grew up with mario um mm -hmm. 
of course, all, all the kids that are probably going with, like, their parents or something like that. Um, the only thing that I'm still kind of iffy on is if Chris Pratt will be able to do a good enough job as Mario, because I know that's been a lot of people's biggest concerns. Yeah, I mean, there's no real way to answer that objectively. I I think from everything I've seen of it, it's it's mostly not even noticeable. But I'm also in the camp that I I believe that the best people for the job are usually the ones who practice it day in and day out. And so uh, if I can take a moment to shout out the voice direct or the voice actors who I would have preferred for these roles, like um, I, I really feel like a lot of the people who have been voicing these characters for a large part of their careers would have been the better choices. But I also understand the, the Hollywoodness of having to choose uh, bigger names and all that. So I get, I get why it didn't happen. I wish that it, I wish that it had been um, voice actors who we've known to, we've come to know and love. So um, sad that that didn't happen, but definitely not super upset with the the choices that they made, and ultimately, I feel like it'll work out just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like especially when it comes to, like playing the role as Mario. They could also go like a safe route of just using the um the 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 voice actor who's been doing Mario for many years at this point. But mm-hmm. because it's a main character especially, they they would want to go more of like a larger name so that way that's that's all over the um the poster and whatnot, like Chris Pratt and, and all that other stuff too. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm gonna uh, pronounce his name incorrectly, but Charles Martinet, I I think is less of a, a household name than Chris Pratt, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. it's just harder to sell. Like it's 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 harder to sell uh, anybody who's who's been a voice actor for a character. Like for the most part, even those of us who play a lot of games don't know a whole lot of uh, voice actor names behind the scenes. So um yeah i'm understanding i this is not i i i i feel badly because i'm not exactly giving the hottest take here but uh i i definitely feel like it'll work out just fine i understand why people are upset about it but i'm also i think understanding on some level of why they couldn't do it so mm-hmm. i what one thing i am actually like low-key excited for is is the um Jack Black is Bowser. That that's one thing I'm excited for, as well as um Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Like like in the trailers, I don't think you really hear much of Donkey Kong saying anything. So that so that kind of has me a little bit nervous of how it's going to turn out. But then at the same time, like maybe it's so good they're just hiding it. Yeah, they, you know, at this point, I think they know they can hide whatever they want, um, which is you know to the benefit of us in the long term. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser seems perfectly fine to me too. I'm a huge Bowser guy. I, I there's again with like Bowser, what were you ever gonna be able to realistically do for that character? Um, so why not have fun with it and and why not pick someone who's goofy and over the top? And um, I think it'll I think it'll end up playing pretty well with everyone. Yeah, I I I believe um, can I have like a coupon for like 
almost like a movie night kind of thing at, at the other movie theater. So I think the plan is we're going to use it to go, to go see the Mario movie because that's something that she actually really wants to see too. So I'm like, I'm down. I don't mind. Good, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I have the weekly Regal passes where I get I, I pay like once a month and then I, I get to see all my movies for free. I guess, you know, for free in quotes, but yeah. No. Um, so the next question we actually have here um, is what thoughts help you sleep at night from at Smoking Wasabi? What thoughts help me sleep at night? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, huh? Um, yeah. So I, I have been notoriously like a bad sleeper for most of my life. I, a lot of people have asked, like, I, you know, over since I became an adult, I've I've essentially worked um, to relatively close to full-time jobs my my whole adult life and so one of the reasons that i get away with that in perhaps like a really negative and non-advisable way is that i don't sleep a whole lot so i usually my my brain seems to operate just fine on like five or six hours and that's usually what i get now i have very recently this is a new thing for me but very recently i've gotten into uh meditation i don't meditate like actually meditate but what i do really find helpful is breathing techniques um just to help me fall asleep so what are the things that help me fall asleep usually they have to do with gratefulness and self-improvement and things that i know reassurement that like things are are gonna go okay um reassuring myself that i'll wake up tomorrow and and things will be all right there was a quote i really liked and i'm gonna botch this one too um that essentially says if uh you know if we if we look at things um in the in the future and we ask if if things are gonna be all right either it's not, you know, whatever it is that we're worrying about is is not over yet, um, but it will be okay. Or it's just not worth worrying about at all, um, and things already all are okay. Um, and a lot of respect for me, I spend so much time worrying about things that are either going to be okay in the future uh, or already are okay, and I'm just not fully comprehending that, so... I think between those two things, just trying to remain thoughtful and and grateful for everything that I have going for me in my life um, and acknowledging that everything is going to be okay, even if it doesn't seem like it in that moment. Those are the things that help me sleep. So good question. But but actually speaking of sleeping, since you actually just mentioned the whole like you you can sleep five hours and then you're fine. um, Yeah. Are are you going to dabble in Pokemon sleep? Because if you do, it's going to suck. You it's gonna to get, suck yeah you need to get those eight hours of sleep every night i'm gonna be real bad at it i'll be the world's worst pokemon sleep uh player <laughs> but in, in reality i mean this is something that i'm like actively trying to shape about myself so i i am trying to be a better sleeper like i know how important it is i advocate everybody try and get as much sleep as they need so um you know i'm trying to get better at it yeah i honestly i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat here like a lot of nights I try to get like at least eight hours of sleep. Like I got like, especially cause I work, I get up at like six in the morning or something like that. I normally try to go to bed at like by like 10. 
at like the latest i'm normally trying to sleep at like nine or something like that um but like of course stream days i'm 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 streaming until 10 my time anyway so so those nights i'm like i'm still i'm lacking like a little bit like maybe like an hour or two but like it is what it is but i know that this weekend is going to be a total pain for me like especially especially on friday because we're because me kate and my mom are heading to ontario at think i think my mom's coming by here at like two three in the morning oh wow yeah so late night yeah pretty much so so part of me it's like do i do i go to bed early and then i'm awake at i'm wide awake at like two three o'clock or do i have a power nap stream until close to the time i have to go and then just head out i'm like yeah. it's it's just gonna be a nightmare that's all i know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's no good answer to any of that. I've always found that, like, I'm better off if I just stay awake. If I fall asleep for, like, a couple of hours and then I have to wake up, I'm just feeling miserable. So, um, I mean, there's that's a no-win situation. I, I feel for you. Yeah, it's going to be yep. brutal. But, I mean, it, yep. it is what it is. I, I at least got to go see my family for the first time in, like, I don't know, like, since I moved out here pretty much. Not to be taken for granted. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, like my original plan. I don't know if I've like mentioned this to you, but I feel like I've mentioned it like previously at some point. Um, but but originally when I moved out here, my plan was to go to Ontario at least like once a year and do like my round of like visiting all the family and whatnot, visit my friends, so on and so forth. And yeah. and then literally COVID happened. And it's like yeah, no, it's just being shot completely. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really difficult thing to do. So I don't blame you. Yeah, I think like the last time like my family saw me was when I had like a buzz cut. So that's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So, so then seeing all this right here is going to be real interesting. Yep. <laughs> uh, so so we have a like a two parter question here uh, okay. from Rockhawk64. Um, all right. First question is what inspired you to make epilogue gaming? And the and the second one is um it kind of just blends together almost. Um did you ever expect it to reach to ever reach the point it has today? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um or good two questions. I started epilogue alongside Flora as well, t- technically, it slightly predates when I, I got to know Flora. Um, so the original intent was that I really liked the idea of communities that talk about games in a critical way. Um, so I really liked I knew I really liked talking about games with people. I knew I liked talking about them in a way that wasn't like a, a formulaic review format. Um I knew that I liked talking about games in a way that a lot of other people didn't. So I wanted to have this platform where I felt like I could talk about games. Like at that point, you know, I was writing for other big companies. I knew how to do like the formulaic review. I was doing editing for them. So I was just tired of that, I think. And I wanted a space for myself to be able to write. Now, granted, none of this really mattered until I met Flora, which is when we kind of went ahead and started producing content for the site. So um, a big reason for it was just 
I, I met her I, and you know, if anybody doesn't know Flora, then, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked about my first instance with her, which was, I met her and I knew I was surrounded. Like literally it was difficult when you, when you get to know Flora and you start spending a lot of time around her, um, you realize like how quickly she can make an impact on the way that you think about things. And, 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 and also just quickly, we also did have mm -hmm. Flora on the podcast. If you guys want to check that out as well, that's on the yeah. channel. Yeah, good episode. Um, and so I think having this opportunity to work with her was something that I just it was like a gut instinct that just felt like. OK, like I'm I'm working right now, I'm getting ready to go out and do my master's like I, I'm streaming at that point. I have a lot going on, but I should find a good way to wiggle some space in for this person and working with this person. And I'm obviously glad that I did. Um, so hopefully that answers that question. Um, and then the second part of it is, did I ever see it becoming as big as it as it has or like getting to the point that it has? Um, and I think the answer to that is honestly, I, 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 I did know. And I think that's why I again, like why I wanted to jump at that opportunity to work with Flora I wanted to jump at the opportunity to work on my stream when I could and like the community building aspects, because I knew that the pieces were in place to like do something real and impactful. And, you know, now we have a hundred thousand people visit our website every day. We have 500 or so discord community members and an active space for people. We've raised money for charities i've gotten to do the twitch thing and like i've gotten my twitch partnership and so in a lot of aspects like if you asked me if i ever thought all of this was going to happen the answer to that is i would have told you i knew it was going to happen um i i just knew that working and surrounding myself with people who were talented and and smart uh was going to lead to some form of success. I didn't know exactly what that success would look like. Um, but I, I, I would have told you that it would be, it would be successful and that it would, it would turn into something that I could be really proud of. And I think that's, that's what's happened. Ooh, we actually got to see a little bit of cocky Ben. For some reason I was expecting a no answer. Yeah, I think so that, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little bit uh, over the course of my life. Like, I've had several intuitions about the way something would go. Um, and that if I, I'm not always happy about it. Like, I think everybody grapples with this where it's like, you know, the, a, a long-term way of looking at this is like, you know what you want your body to look like. So we wake up and it's difficult to get ourselves to go to the gym or to go on a walk. But like, I, if you know that you take those walks and you go to that gym and you eat the right food, you're gonna look a certain way, right? Like, you know that there's a process to get from point A to point B. I knew that that process was there. Um, I just had to, to do it. <laughs> like, I had to do it. And um, you're right. Like, I think that if there's one thing about me uh, that, you know, it's something that I really believe in, it's that I believe all of us are ideas people. 
Um, not all of us are people who actually do things. And so if you are sitting to yourself and you're thinking like, I have these great ideas. Um, I, I know that you do. I, you know, I know all of us have that. Uh, the, the big difference between, um, people who are successful and people who, who are not is that when they have the opportunity, they, they, they take advantage of it. Um, it's just a matter of at that point, do you have the opportunity? And of course that is a whole different conversation. And I know not everybody does, which is why I, I also call myself lucky. I have opportunities that a lot of people haven't had, but I had this opportunity. I knew it was an opportunity. I knew that there was a process from point A to point B. I knew what point B looked like. And now we're at point B. So, um, yeah, I guess I, it, maybe it is a little cocky, but also I, I knew that th I knew that that possibility was there. So, um, I just had to, I had to work for it. I had to put in effort to it and not just me, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I, but I believed in them too. Yeah. What, one thing I am curious on now is you ended up mentioning that you got to point B what's going on for point C. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot myself. I uh, one of my my closest friends I was I was talking to um, the other day and I had this moment of realization where almost all of the goals I've had in my life, I have now uh, accomplished. I wanted to get into a Ph.D. program. Obviously, I want to graduate from the Ph.D. program. Um, I wanted to uh, defend my thesis on on Twitch and the topic of like digital third places. I wanted to become uh, a, a Twitch partner. I wanted to hit a certain amount of followers. I wanted Epilogue Gaming to have success. Uh, I wanted to get accepted into uh, a law program. Like there's all of these things that I've now I set out for myself. And I, I had this real moment of of genuine sadness the other day that came with having felt like my journey was was done and that's not to say other goals and things won't develop but i kept reminding myself that like while the twitch partnership was going on which honestly you know i talk about this a lot but like we've talked about it because i know a lot of your your podcast is about streaming and what comes with along you know alongside with streaming but like a big part of it for me became in those last few weeks, like anxiety, like, was it going to work out? Uh, was, was I doing the right thing? And I had to keep reminding myself and I wish I had listened harder that like to enjoy that experience because that was the only time I was ever going to go through it. Uh, that's it. And I wish that I had listened. Uh, you know, I, I, I I, the, the journey, as cliche as it might sound, is really what everything is always about. So what does point C look like? I don't know, but I'm going to have to find something because I'm not someone who does well uh, when it comes to just being content with my successes. Um, as little or as small as they may seem to other people. Um, for me, those were the goals and I hit it. So now I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What I can tell you, Sen, I know... I don't know if you had a question lined up for this, but I have been attending these Twitch orientation meetings. Have you have I told you at all about this? Yeah, you ended up mentioning those to me because they were the reason you you couldn't do it like over like the past weekend or something like that. You're, yeah, you're telling me. yeah, but yeah. But, so, but I, 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 I was yeah. Sorry, uh, I what I wasn't originally going to try to talk about that because I didn't know how much you were actually allowed to talk about or whatnot. 
But if you are able yeah. to talk about it, then go for it. Well, I think I can talk about the existence of them. So every time that we have one of these meetings, they they have a big thing explained on like their front page, like, hey, don't you know, we don't want you to to talk about any of the materials within. So, you know, I, I I'll avoid doing that. But what I can say is that I've met other people, um, other people who are doing this streaming stuff. Um, and the, it, there is really something that has inspired me about it, like how lucky I am to be in this this space and like the opportunities that I have. Um, and so those orientation meetings, as, as silly as it may sound, have sort of rejuvenated the interest I have in like being an ambassador for a platform that has served me well for like five years. So, um, you know, like it, at the end of the day, I guess the only thing I can say right now is that I know I want to keep keep doing it. Um I don't think plan C is like, you know, get a certain amount of followers or viewer count or all of that stuff. I don't care about anymore. It's it's it, that part of it's done. But if I can create like another five years of history with my community and my platform and stuff like that, then I think I'll be happy. So we'll see. I, I have a lot of sorting out to do in terms of like the goals for what's next, because I honestly I don't know. Time, time to start farming YouTube content. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little worried about giving myself another carrot at the end of the, the stick, but um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So, so we do have one more segment. Oh my God. We've been going for so long. This might be my longest podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So the next segment we have, I don't know if this was one that I did the lot, like when you were first, I, I don't think I actually had segments at all. Cause you were the first podcast. Um, yeah. so this one is, would you rather? So for anyone who doesn't know, I grab the, uh, I go to ret, I go to our slash. Would you rather and grab a handful of would you rathers, uh, from there. And I get the guests to answer them. So the first one that we have here is, would you rather have free coffee for life or free pizza for life? Oh, that's a good question. Free coffee for me. I spend way too much money on coffee every day. So like before I got here, that it's in, this is a true story. I, I would go, I, regardless, I, so I buy this thing called a nitro cold brew. And for one reason or another, they can't, they're not allowed to sell people venti. I don't know if it's because they have too much caffeine I have no idea. So what I yeah, do is. is I buy two grandes. Um, and so every time I go to Starbucks, I, I buy two grande nitro cold brews. So given that I do that a couple of times a week, at least, um, you know, I, I love pizza and I could eat pizza every single day, but I don't. So <laughs> I'd probably rather have the free coffee. Yeah, the, I believe for the nitro cold brew, it is because of the amount of caffeine in it, I believe. Uh, yeah. At least that, that's what I learned. I did. I never had to sell it at, at my location. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, two grandes of that. Holy, that's that's something. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're an you're an actual caffeine fiend. Maybe we should reflect upon this when we're talking about why I can't sleep very much. Yeah. Huh. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why you why you also feel fine during the day. Like, yeah, I feel I fine on five yeah. hours of sleep, pound of bag, <laughs> copious amounts of coffee. Yeah, yeah. I feel great. Uh, who knows? Yeah, honestly. A real mystery. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the next one I have here is, would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at restaurants? Um, international first, first class tickets. I think, um, the, I am, I've been pretty bad. One of the things I told myself was that like, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer to the end of my education and like, I'm doing this Twitch thing now. Um, I got whatever I wanted from those those two things. So like now would be a really good time. A lot of people start talking about like, oh, you know, when I retire or whatever, I can't wait to like start traveling. I my my life now is at a point where it's like if I don't start doing this stuff soon, then am I ever really going to do it? Um, and I like to travel. I like to travel alone with people, whatever. So I guess I would say I would say probably travel internationally, though. I also eat. I never make my own food since, so I don't know. This is a tough question. I don't know, but I'll go with the the travel internationally because that's more fun. Yeah. Um. I I actually am kind of curious what the last thing that that you actually made yourself is. Then I feel like oh, it's probably yeah, like ramen or something. Or yeah. I so I I still will like meal prep for myself occasionally. Like, um. I mean, you know this as a fellow. Like, I I. At least, you know, before I started having issues with some of my uh, my lung, I would usually burn anywhere between like 3,500, 4,000 calories. So I I would make myself a lot of eggs, sin. like uh, way, probably way too much in terms of eggs. But the last thing I made myself, um, let's see, I guess would be a would be a a bacon omelet i made a bacon omelet a couple days ago so honestly bacon omelets are fire yeah it was good that was good yeah every morning i'm actually i normally try to make myself like an egg sandwich as long as i have eggs in the house haven't been able to like the past like two days because we need to go grocery shopping but but like a lot of time i'll just like fry up some eggs put put a bit of seasoning on it a little bit of cheese if i have lettuce i'll throw that on can't go wrong with a hot egg yeah, exactly. We love hot eggs. Uh, <laughs> that just sounds so weird. I hate this. It um, does. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, th- this question is going to be a little bit weirder. Uh, okay. Would you Would you rather prevent World War II or win a life changing amount of money in the in a lottery? World prevent World War II. Yes. Or as or, in like the one that already happened. Yes. As in, would it, would any would it? any person? Yeah, I'll I'll prevent I'll prevent people from having to endure World War Two. I think. <laughs> what what's actually? I can't imagine anybody <laughs> saying otherwise. I cannot imagine anyone saying otherwise. So what you're saying is that you wouldn't believe me if when I grabbed this question, the the poll thing was already done, and 82 percent of people said that they would take the money. No, I wouldn't believe you. That's what it was. Honestly, it could be that, a little bit higher. Preventing World War Two. So the thing where hundreds... Do people know how many folks died during World War Two in, like, the worst ways possible? Probably. And they'd still do that, huh? I, I, right, mean, well. I mean, like, I guess they could possibly see it as, like... If they change World War Two, it could very well change a lot of things about how the world is today. I guess could be how they're looking at it. 
you know, 70 to 80, 85 million people died during World War II. I'm <laughs> beefing with anybody who's choosing otherwise. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beefing. There's, there's no way in a million years I'd choose anything else. And the thing is, so, like, I'm very lucky. I've always been, like, comfortable in terms of, of uh, you know, my, my living situation. So, like... I don't think that there's a huge difference. There's a there's a significant difference in terms of how happy I would be if I'm in my situation versus like poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Being in poverty is is a horrible thing, an atrocious thing that I wish people didn't have to go through. Um and I could see how that would radically change the way that somebody lives um in terms of like how happy they can be. But the difference between someone like me finding an amount of money that would change my life or whatever. And the diff I sin, I'll tell you what, if, if you talked about somebody like a, a Florida man going on like a, a little bit of like a, a murderous rampage or something tomorrow, I'd take, I'd still take, let's just not have that guy do that thing. And whoever's giving me all this money can, can save it. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's actually kind of funny though. Cause, cause, I can't believe eighty two percent of people would say that. I yeah, can't do it. Yeah, like literally, when I went to search up the question, because because like literally, I just go through like the uh the top ones of like the month or whatever, and I, and it, there was a different one that I had, but I was like, ooh, th- this one could be pretty good. Um, and then I looked at and I saw the results. It was like eighty something percent went with the money. I was like, that's actually crazy. I hate to I hate to bring this the the podcast down sin but millions of Jewish families will will never have that history. They had it ripped from them and they died in horrific ways. How could any how could anyone how could anyone how could anyone Oh my god. Okay. Anyway. I, I... I I I, I found anyway. it I found it on yeah. here. There was forty there, there's four thousand votes for winning the lottery and five hundred seventy eight for preventing World War Two. So it's slightly closer than yeah. the original number. Yeah, and but still still favored in the wrong direction. So oh yeah, yeah that's uh that's that's a tough one to hear. We'll move on to the next one. <laughs> Give me something more uh more palatable than that one. Oh, you're making you're making me grab a different one. Okay. No, no, uh, grab. You can if you have it. If you have whatever, I just I I cannot believe I can't believe that people would vote that. That's that's absurd to me. Oh um, yeah, whatever you have for me, I'll take. Okay. Um. 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 Let's see here. You got me panicked now because you're like, let's get another one. All right, let's go with yeah, this. Yeah, anything, anything will do. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll just grab this one. Uh, which. Would you rather eternally be stuck in a body of a 10-year-old kid or the body of a 100-year-old elder? What? <laughs> okay, a 10-year-old kid or a 100-year elder. Yeah. And I'm just it's just the body that's I'm stuck with. Yeah. I guess the 10-year-old. All right. Wow. There you go. You you are you are in favor with with the rest of the world. Congrats. Okay. <laughs> Finally, for once, that that one 
I, I would have been impressed if you if you went the the other way because I don't one... know why any. That's another one I need explanation the why somebody would take the hundred year old body, but you know yeah. whatever. I don't know. I I I was thinking about it too, and I'm like I wouldn't want the hundred year old one because I'd be like old and fragile. Like I I mean I already am, so it wouldn't change much. But yeah, I feel like the body of a ten year old kid is also just really iffy because they're still like that's like right close to like the puberty time too i'd believe so it's like yeah it'd be weird yeah it'd be like a weird spot to be stuck in but yeah imagine just being called a little baby man the rest of your life yeah that's new that's the big disadvantage I earlier today I was in some stream I can't even remember who it was and I'm pretty sure you called me baby face or maybe it was someone else someone <laughs> else called me baby face I don't even have that big of a baby face so you also still got like a bit of a shadow there yeah I have to, I I have to I can't shave lower yeah. than this or else I'm I am in danger yeah I I'm pretty I feel like Kate has maybe seen me without a beard once if that yeah yeah I know that it would freak it probably freak my dog and cat out if I shaved. Yeah, they big. Like, Who yeah. the hell is this? Get out of my house! Yeah, I, I've been. I don't think I've like fully shaved in probably at least pre-COVID. It's been a long time. So yeah. All right. So so I actually found the um the the original question that I was gonna go with instead of the World War Two one. Okay. Uh, would you rather be naked exactly where you are right now or be ten thousand dollars in debt? Naked where I am right now. Yeah, because like that's kind of free. You only see like the upper half of your body. You're probably not even wearing pants. Yeah, probably not. So yeah, that that's the Benjamin Ten lore is that he doesn't wear pants. I feel like that's yeah. the war with most streamers, honestly. Yeah, and I've already had it my myself entirely outed on the internet, so everybody knows what I look like without shirts. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh what a good note to end on there. Um. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that'll be the uh, the end of the podcast there. Uh, thank you, Ben, once again so much for hanging out. Um, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, anytime. Let's go ahead and let the people know where they can find you and what you're up to. Sure. Um. So I guess the first and foremost place that I would like people to find me is is probably on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Benjamin 10. Um, I might eventually ditch the 10 now that that's a possibility. We'll see. It's it's been a big part of my my stream for a while now. So um, and then on Twitter, you can find me at uh, Benjamin plays um, or you can find me on discord at discord.gg slash gaming. Uh, or just at bloggaming.com. Uh, one of those those platforms sounds good. I also have a TikTok, which I believe Sin is it is it Benjamin plays as well. Uh, I think that one's it actually be Benjamin Ten. I, I believe that one's Benjamin Ten. So Benjamin Ten there. So if you wanna if you wanna find some new stuff from me, then you can go there. Yeah, and if, and if anyone uh, is enjoying the podcast, guys are watching on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Maybe hit the like button as well. Guys are are listening on any of the streaming platforms like Spotify and whatnot. Go ahead and rate it five stars. Put me in that algorithm. You know that'd be pretty cool, right? Um, it would be pretty cool. And if you guys want to find me, it's just Cynics Realized on all social media platforms. Like I'm I'm the only one with that name. If anyone has, if anyone else got that name, I would be honestly shocked. Um, if you guys want to talk about it more on Twitter, you guys can use the hashtag uh, 
the the sensor view. I'm actually kind kind of wanting to try to get that running a little bit. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm gonna get on out here. Catch you guys in the next one. Bye bye.